This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. I'm coming to you from Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio, site of one of the best arenas in the National Hockey League, as the Rangers will take on the Blue Jackets coming up later on tonight. The Rangers had their six-game winning streak snapped. Columbus struggling to score goals. They're banged up. We'll find out, I guess, game time whether Wenberg is going to play. They've got a ton of injuries. Sedlak is out of the lineup for them. Uh, Dolby is out of the lineup for them. I mean, they've got tons of guys uh, that are banged up, and uh, we'll see whether they're going to be able to put uh, what kind of lineup together, although every indication is it's probably going to be the same lineup that beat the Canadians in overtime. So we'll look at that as we get closer and closer to the game. But right now, let's recap what was a very eventful night in the National Hockey League. Twelve games on the schedule, some of them very revealing. No time to go over every single one, though we'll glance at every one. But the ones we go in depth on, the best games of the night. Toronto wins their fifth in a row. They beat the Devils in overtime, one to nothing. The Devils had 42 shots on goal, including six in overtime. They had a power play, four-on-three power play they didn't score on. But it's amazing the amount of shots. Toronto actually outshot the Devils in the first period 12-2. And then the rest of the way, it was the Devils just an onslaught on Anderson. And that's obviously not an indication of their defense because they got so many shots on goal and some real quality ones. But Anderson was the star. And that's always going to be the question about the Leafs, right? Do they have the goaltending to compete? We know they can score goals. Their blue line certainly is a work in progress. But if Anderson's going to play like that in big spots, then this is a team that can go far in the playoffs. But I'm not sure if this was just an isolated thing with Anderson or whether this is a long-term thing with Anderson. But you get outshot 42 uh, to 29, and you still find a way to win the game. That's pretty good for the Leafs, who have won five in a row. And we'll have our top five coming up of the week, and I have a feeling the Leafs are going to crack that code. Islanders and Hurricanes from Brooklyn, a 6-4 to four win as the Islanders outscore Carolina 3 nothing in the third period. So Carolina had the 4-3 lead. Ajo has woken up with a couple of goals. But Barzell is becoming the story here for the Islanders. You know, there's all the talk about Hosang being the future of this team. But Barzell, he was a high pick. He's starting to really contribute here. He had a goal and two assists on the night as the Islanders fight back from 4-3 down the third period. Uh, Bailey, Boychuk, and Everly with the uh, dagger into the empty net as the Islanders win over Carolina. Arizona with their third victory of the year, and they won this one in regulation over Montreal 5-4. to four. Montreal's trying to put their goaltending together. Lingren, they signed the Emmy. Lingren between the pipes last night. I'm sorry, the Coyotes are competitive, but you can't lose to the Coyotes at home, especially blowing a lead in the third period. You had a 4-3 lead going into the third, couldn't hold on to it. You can't allow the Coyotes to beat you in your building with a couple of goals late. Pittsburgh against Ottawa, the rematch of the conference final last year, and Pittsburgh comes up on top with a 3-1 to win. Typical Pittsburgh getting three goals from three different guys. Hornquist, Gensel, who was the star of the playoffs last year, Shahan getting the goals for Pittsburgh in their 3-1 to win over Ottawa. Tampa Bay continues to romp 6-1 over Dallas. Every night it's a different star. Six of the goals scored in the final two periods of the game. Stamkos now has nine on the season, and they're just putting together just a tremendous show. Kucherov with his 17th of the year as well. I'll give you a little hint. Tampa's going to be in the top five. How about Minnesota? They get three straight shutouts. Uh, from Dubnik, and 
They end up winning a game 6-4. to four. Two of the hottest teams in the NHL, Nashville and Minnesota. And Minnesota showing you that maybe they can score some goals. As Dubnik coming off the three straight shutouts doesn't get a shutout in this one. As a matter of fact, uh, he gave up a goal fairly early in this one. About 49 seconds in to snap the shutout as Ryan Johansson gets his first of the year. And then Nashville ends up continuing to roll as they picked up the first three goals of this game. But Minnesota fights back. Dumba, Niederreiter uh, gets a goal. Also Stahl. Zucker continues to be hot with his 11th of the season. So a nice win and different kind of win for Minnesota over Nashville. Bad loss for Philadelphia. They got a 2 nothing lead midway through the second period. Can't hold on to it. Give up a goal late. Lose to Winnipeg. Final score there, 3-2. to Perot comes back from his injury. He gets his second of the year to make it 2-1. Then it looks like Philadelphia is going to get out of Dodge with a nice 2-1 road victory. But Shifley scores at 19-11 to tie the game. And then it was Shifley getting a goal as well in what was a very, very wide-open shootout. Shifley scores. Voracek comes back and scores. Line a scores a goal. Do you realize Line a now has four goals in five shootout attempts in his young career? Wheel ties it at two, um, but Wheel ties it at two. Wheeler, a save. Um, yes, he can't get the puck uh, past Elliott. Uh, Giroux can't get the puck past Huddlebuck. And then it was Little who ended up getting the game winner in the shootout. Huddlebuck's back, actually played pretty well for Winnipeg, who might be back in that top five. We'll see a 3-2 shootout win. We, we need to get somebody on around the Capitals. They lose to Colorado. And it's one thing to lose to Colorado. A lot of good teams have lost to the Avalanche this year. But 6-2... to two, uh, kind of interesting that they just didn't get the goaltender. Grubauer ended up getting the start, and he gives up all six goals. But Landeskog gets his fifth. McKinnon gets his sixth as well. Landeskog got his second of the game and the hat trick as he finished with eight uh, on the season, and he gets the hat trick. But, you know, the Capitals, we talked about it yesterday with um, Jamie Hirsch. Is it a team just kind of laying in the weeds, waiting for the playoffs, realizing you don't have to win the President's Trophy? You don't have to be the best team in the league to go into the playoffs and make a run, but they need to be careful because there's a lot of good teams in that Metropolitan Division. You don't want to go from being one of the best teams to missing the playoffs. St. Louis beats Edmonton 4-1. to St. Louis is going to be in that conversation for the top five, and the offense just continues to roll for the St. Louis Blues. As uh, Braden Shen, who was a nice offseason acquisition for the Blues, now has seven goals on the season, so give the Blues credit for that one. Vegas bounces back with a 5-2 win over Vancouver. 30 shots on goal on the Canucks in this one, and typical of the of the uh, Minnesota of the, uh, the Golden Knights getting a variety of goals, five different goal scorers for Vegas in the win over Vancouver. Good job out of Boston, right? Uh, the Bruins, a two to one win. They're playing in the second of back to backs. They're all banged up. They got to go take on, you know, a pretty heavy Los Angeles Kings team in the conversation as one of the best teams in the league, but. They now have lost four in a row, Los Angeles. So let's keep an eye on the Kings and see if this is going to be something that's a bit of a problem. But you shouldn't let the Boston Bruins limping in, having played the night before against Anaheim, and beat you and hold on the entire third period to that one goal lead. So a good uh, job out of Boston. Also a good job out of Florida. Roberto Luongo pitches the shutout in a 2 nothing win over the San Jose Sharks. All right, let's get into the top five teams of the week. It's really tough because it's so close because you take a look at the standings, right? Tampa Bay is clearly the best team right now at 32 points. And you go all the way down to 10th place, a separation of just 10 points between the first place team and the 10th place team. There's a difference of only 10 points between Tampa Bay and the Islanders. 
And then you go up there, Columbus 23 points, Vegas 23 points, the Kings 24 points, Pittsburgh with 25 points. So a three-point separation between 10th and 6th, 25 points for the Devils, 25 points for Winnipeg. Uh, and then you look at 26 points for Toronto. Toronto's in third place in the league with 26 points. And you go down to 11th place Nashville, only four points behind. So this league is very close. But there's one team that shines over all the others. But we'll get to them in a second. But let's start with number five. Number five. I'm going to stick with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they still continue to play really well. 7-1-2 and two over their last ten. They've won three in a row. Hullabuck has played well for them, and they're just getting a variety of scoring. Line A, Shifley. Uh, uh, they've got so many guys that can score goals for them right now. Uh, Wheeler's playing well. They're winning all different kinds of ways. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets very quietly, 18 games played, but 11-4-3 is pretty impressive in what's going to be a wide-open division for them. Big season for Winnipeg. Need to make the playoffs. They gave extensions to their general manager and their head coach, and both responded in Paul Maurice and Kevin Chevel day off. So good job out of Winnipeg. I have them still in the top five at number five. Number four. Number four is going to be the New Jersey Devils. They've only played 18 games this year, and they still have 25 points. That's the same amount as Pittsburgh, and they've got three games in hand on Pittsburgh. And they've found ways to win. They recovered from that western swing. They're 5-2-3 and three over their last 10 games, but they're winning in a variety of ways, right? They can play the close game like they did with Toronto, stealing a point on the road. They can win 7-5 to five like they did against Chicago. They're going to get healthy. Johansson coming back as well. Palmieri is back and healthy. Boyle's back and healthy. They're getting tremendous goaltending. Uh, the New Jersey Devils at a plus six goal differential and have done a tremendous job on the road at 6-1-2. and two. That was at Achilles' heel last year. I've got New Jersey at number four. Number three. Number three. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've won five games in a row. They're getting solid goaltending. And, of course, they were able to survive the Matthews injury. Nylander wakes up with a huge goal late in that overtime against the New Jersey Devils. I was worried about them, but they're beginning to bounce back right now. Again, a winner of five consecutive games. They've got the Canadians coming up uh, this uh, weekend with a chance to really make it six in a row and make some moves. And that goal differential of plus ten is pretty impressive when you consider how young and really undefensive their defense has been. And with Anderson, who I think is really just an above-average goaltender but they possess the puck pretty well i've got them at number three number two they're the second best team in the conference and why not they played a lot of games st louis but 14 5 and 1 they bounce back after a tough loss the other day against the islanders and they go right back to work and win against the edmonton oilers in edmonton they're seven and three over their last 10 plus 14 goal differential they've got as i mentioned shen's played well for them schwartz has played well for them tarasenko's played well for them they're getting great goaltending why not the blues have to be number two Number one. And this is a layup. They've won five in a row. They've only lost two games in regulation all year. And that's the Lightning just continue to just blast opponents at 15-2-2. Two and two, 32 points. An amazing plus 30 goal differential, which is by far the best in the league. You look around the National Hockey League, they've got a plus 30 goal differential. St. Louis is second with a plus 14. So the Lightning are kind of looking like the Capitals did a couple of years ago. But here's the thing about the Lightning. You don't worry about them being a, a great team of the 
regular season and can they deliver in the postseason? Because we've seen in recent years, this team thrives in the postseason. Went to the Stanley Cup final in 2015. They went to the conference final, if you remember, in 2011. So, I mean, different players, different coaches, different eras. I get it. Going back to them winning the Stanley Cup in 2004. But this is not like the Capitals where they've never been out of the second round in forever and they, they really are questionable in the postseason. This is a team that thrives in the postseason. So I can just imagine this is the best team I think the Lightning have ever had. Right now, you got to go back to 2004, and this team over the first, you know, the quarter pole of the season looks better than that. I like this Lightning team a lot. They clearly are the best team in the National Hockey League. Just want to congratulate Cam Atkinson of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Gets a seven-year contract worth $41.125 million. He is going to average an annual salary of 5.875. He's only 28 years old. Uh, he could have been an unrestricted free agent coming up this July. He is the perfect player for what the National Hockey League has become now. He's a, is a scooty, if that's a word, player that can get into the corners, play small, play fast, can finish. That's just the type of player that I think can excel in the National Hockey League. So good job out of the Columbus Blue Jackets locking one of their stars down for the next seven years. All right, let's take a look at uh, your tweets. A lot of them coming in here, so let's get it started here. Tim says, hi, Don. Do you think the Red Wings will be galvanized as a team unit after the brawl and a big win against Calgary? Exciting to see young players like Mantha, who's done well, Larkin, who's having a nice bounce-back year, uh, and, of course, Athenasiu is firing on all cylinders. I like this Red Wings team. I didn't at the beginning of the season. I'm still not sure whether they're going to be a playoff team, but the young kids are coming together. That's such a great organization, right? They can change coaches, they can change general managers, and yet they always seem to be involved. They had that long playoff run that was snapped last year, but now they look like they're bouncing back. And then you sprinkle in some veterans, too, with Zetterberg, and this is a really good hockey team that's been fun to watch. I don't know if the line brawl, I mean, that's a line brawl. Back in 76, they would have laughed at that, (laughs) but... With the lack of fighting there is in the NHL, it was kind of interesting to see those guys go at it. I think the win more than anything, scoring eight goals against Cal- uh, Calgary, is going to do more for them. Uh, Jake says, hi, Don. Do you see the Rangers bringing Nash back on a reasonable contract? He looked great this year despite the lack of production early on. We'll see how it ends up working out. They love Nash. And, and I don't know what the cost is going to be, but as you said, a reasonable contract. I, I think they may. They're very happy. He kills penalties. He plays on the power play. He works the corners. All this stuff nobody wants to hear when he's not scoring goals in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that when you kind of reset the button with his contract that things can look a little bit better. Right now he's making, what, the second most money on the team compared to Hank. So obviously his production isn't matching what he's making dollar for dollar. But if he come back at a reasonable contract, then you can kind of live with a lack of scoring. But right now he's gotten hot. Hey, it all depends on where we're standing at the end of the season. But there was times in this contract where you thought they couldn't wait to get out from under. And certainly they're going to want to get out from under of that number. But I'm not sure they're going to want to get out from under from him because I think he's looking uh, pretty good. Let's go to um, Guy, who's got a bunch of tweets here. Let's see. Let's get this started here. Uh, I recently got a new car with satellite capability and purchased satellite radio to listen to hockey talk games all day. After two-plus weeks listening, I'm enjoying it very much. But 30 minutes a day is by far the best minutes of the day. We're talking about my 30 minutes. Oh, thank you very much. Top five of the week. He's got Toronto five, Devils four. 
uh, as a Ranger fan, it kills me, but you have to give them their credit. Uh, Kings 3, Blues 2, Tampa 1. I've got Winnipeg in there. Los Angeles has lost four in a row. Uh, but that was Jeremy, actually. I skipped the tweet, but good job out of Jeremy with his top five. Uh, one more from Guy here. Let's see. Looking at the East right now, uh, outside of Tampa, it's a free-for-all. Do you think that the U.S. Thanksgiving could really say that those in the playoff spots will be there at the season's end? Well, we saw some cracks in the armor last year with the American Thanksgiving. There were some teams that were in the playoffs that didn't make it. So I'm starting to wonder if we we're going to have to move that, especially this year with that Metropolitan Division being so close. American Thanksgiving is a line of demarcation, but maybe not set in stone like it's been in recent years. A NYR Fanatic says, which division standings are you most surprised by so far this season? Well, that's interesting because there's a couple of surprises. I'm not sure that many people had the Devils in first place uh, in their division. Uh, certainly that is a surprise. I'm, I'm not surprised that the Metropolitan Division is stacked up the rest of the way. Pittsburgh is good, Columbus is good, and so on. I'm a little surprised the Devils are in first place there. Uh, and when you look at the other divisions, not surprised by Tampa, and Toronto's right there in second. Maybe a little surprised that Los Angeles is in first place in, in, in the Pacific, but not overly. And... Um, Winnipeg being in second place uh, in the Central, probably the biggest surprises for me so far this year, but none bigger than New Jersey in first place in the Metropolitan Division, but it is still very early. Sean says, big Ranger fan, but a Sharks question. Will Pavelski and Burns turn their seasons around, or are they simply looking like older players in a fast league? Interesting. I think Pavelski's going to bounce back. Um, I think he's just too good a player. But you make a very good point about the Sharks in general. And it's one of the reasons why I didn't love the Sharks going into this season. Because they kind of got exposed and went to the final against a faster Pittsburgh team. And certainly you saw that against Edmonton in the first round last year. So I've been kind of overly concerned. I think they've overachieved so far this year. But when you have older players like Burns, like Pavelski, like Thornton, that maybe that slowness can hurt. Burns, he's more of a guy on the power play with that big shot. I think both will turn it around. But I, I would worry about the Sharks long term because I think you make a very good point. And I think it's starting to show with the Kings a little bit too with this four-game losing streak. You start going up against these fast teams and sometimes you can get a little exposed. Uh, Brett Lutstig says, was Rangers, uh, let's see, was Rangers' terrible breakdown in third versus Chicago cause for concern? Had won six in a row before. Is it a blip or more serious? It's just a blip. Things happen. The puck was bouncing a little bit on them. Uh, remember, uh, Pavlik was in, in goal for um, the last two. Uh, if, maybe if Hank stays in, maybe that's a little bit different. They came close to winning that game. I don't want to put it on Pavlik, but you kind of went into that game. Let's be honest, Brett, and I know you were in Chicago. For the game. Let's be honest. You got a Blackhawk team with tons of talent that had underachieved losing three of four and were at NHL 500. You had a Ranger team that had won six in a row. I didn't love their odds, okay? The law of averages were going to turn around on them, and it turned around in the third period. This is this is going to be an interesting game tonight against the Blue Jackets. It's a Blue Jackets team that struggled to score. They're a little banged up. Rangers have beaten them last time they played. Remember, with those three power play goals in the third. So we'll see if the Rangers can bounce back. Two interesting games coming up to close out the week. Blue Jackets here in Columbus and then home against the Ottawa Senators. I'll be on the call for both. Tonight's game is going to be on 10.50 a.m., so take a look at that. Coverage beginning at 6.30 with Dan Grassa. I'll have the call with Dave, and then I'll be on the call on 98.7 ESPN for a 7 o'clock faceoff against Ottawa at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Sam Diaz says... 
One-fourth of the season in Stamkos and Kucherov are playing like Lemieux and Yager. Besides Crosby and Malkin, is there another duo comparable to them in the league? And here is his top five of the week. He's got the Lightning one, Leafs two, Jets three, Blues four, Wild five. So we're pretty close there. A Wild certainly have to be brought into the conversation a bit. The answer is no. Stamkos and Kucherov are a tremendous combination. I think the top line working in Winnipeg with Line A and Shifley and Ehlers, there's a lot of lines that are kind of clicking right now, but none better than Stamkos and Kucherov. That is just flat out dangerous. With Stamkos healthy and Kucherov coming into his own, I'm telling you, the Lightning, and it's hockey, so you don't know. President's Trophy's always been a bit of a jinx, and it looks like the Lightning are on their way to winning it. But this looks like a very, very, very dangerous team. I mean, right now, it's if you took Lightning and the field, you would certainly take the field because that's the way it is in the NHL. But right now, is there a team even close to the Lightning? Uh, Joshua says, which teams who you didn't predict will be making the make the playoffs before the season do you think will make it and who will be out? Well, I thought Buffalo was going to make the playoffs, and I thought Carolina was going to make the playoffs. I'm nervous, certainly, about Carolina, and, and obviously Buffalo's dead. Um, I didn't think uh, San Jose would make the playoffs. They look like they're going to, uh, although we'll have to wait and see. New Jersey, obviously, the big surprise. I had them on the outside looking in. They look like they have a team that can go to the playoffs. So those are the ones off the top of my head. Old friend Kevin Knight says, the Devils have overachieved so far this season. How will the return of Travis Ajak impact the team and the younger players on the roster. Well, it's only going to be good. Zajac is one of those throwback guys for them. We talked about it with EJ Raddick back on Monday that it looks like Zaka may be the guy that loses some ice time, so that's one of the young players you're talking about. But I think the return of Zajac is going to be just what the doctor ordered here. It's going to give them more versatility, especially at the center position. And it looks like, from what I'm hearing, this guy's very, very close to playing. It looked like it was going to be somewhere in the half of the season. Very good possibility we could see him within the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jordan says, Happy Friday, Don. Not wanting you to knock uh, anyone or any player, but who are some of the players that wear the C that are you surprised by or that you think someone else on the team should be captain? I like to veer away from the standard questions if you couldn't tell. I love I, I love when you ask the outside-the-box questions. It's, it's tough when you're not around a team all the time uh, to know exactly whether that's the person that should be the captain or not. So I can't honestly say that I'm surprised by any of the players. I'm just trying to think. There was somebody that I saw wearing the C that kind of surprised me a bit. I mean, you look at Chicago, any number of guys can be wearing the C there. So obviously Tave certainly deserves it. Uh, You look at the Rangers with McDonough. I mean, who else would you give the captaincy to? McDonough certainly deserves it. Oh, that's a tough question, Jordan. Um I have to take a look around the league. I, I'll have a better answer for you on Monday. Resend me that question on Monday because I'm going to look over the different captains in the league. But uh, it's it, not being around, and I'm not trying to cop out, but not being around the room, not covering the team every single day, it's really sometimes difficult to tell if that guy is the true leader and who is the true leader around the room. But nobody really leaps to mind at all. Uh, Spencer says, hey, Don, is there ever a chance we could get a live episode of Game Misconduct from one of the Ranger games you call at MSG, maybe interviewing Grabner or Shattenkirk? Would love to. Um, Unfortunately, the Rangers don't skate that much in the morning anymore. 
And because of my schedule, it's very difficult for me to get out to practice. But on one of these road trips when they do skate or I do get a chance to go into the room after the game because it's tough because I'm doing the Michael K. show here from Columbus, so I'm not going to get the chance to go into the room before the game starts. And then usually we jump on the bus when we go home. But I would like to get um, some more players on here for sure. And as far as doing anything live, I just think logistically with the podcast, that's very difficult to do because the one thing I'd love to do is to be able to get your phone calls in real time, but we've got to work on that. Uh, right now it's a tape-only situation. Ricky says, there was a game misconduct in Minnesota last night with the Preds blowing a 3 nothing and a 4-2 lead and eventually losing 6-4. One of those nights, learn and move on. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what it is, that you have to learn from your lessons. And Nashville had turned the corner, and they just couldn't get um, they just couldn't get the uh, the ball rolling after they had blown the lead. Um, I don't know if you're talking about a specific game misconduct that happened inside the game, but uh, I was a little surprised that Nashville, playing as well as they played, blew a lead to a team that had been struggling to score goals. But maybe they're not struggling to score goals anymore. We'll see. Uh, Kevin says, hey, Don, Devils and Leafs had a fantastic game last night. Is this a setback for New Jersey, or do you think Corey is back to his all-star form like he was two years ago? Uh, to dissect every single save, you look at the surface, certainly Anderson outplayed Schneider just based on the shots on goal. It was at 42 to 29, whatever it was, or 28. Um, I don't know if he could have done anything to stop the one goal. Now, it's he is so much better than he was last year, I wouldn't even worry that much about it. All right, five-minute major and Jack, two longtime listeners to Game Misconduct. Both talk about the same thing about the goodest play on Perot last night in the Flyer-Jet game, and I wanted to be able to get to this. Um, and I knew somebody was going to bring it up on Twitter, so I, I held it off until I had a chance to uh, get you guys' um, names on it because you guys were nice enough to bring it up. It was a slash to the head of Perot. Now, Perot was down on the ice, and Gudis can make the claim that his stick was loose and he was just you know, upset and just trying to loosen the. and it was an accident. No, there's no accidents with Gudis. They're just not. He's, he is a serial guy, as uh, was said by Five Minute Major. He said, I said it before, Radko Gudis is a serial headhunter and a cheap shot artist who has somehow escaped serious discipline from the NHL player safety department. Clearly... He has to be disciplined for this. I mean, it's, it's just a flagrant use of the stick. Uh, but no, I guess a Flyer fan, again, can argue. I looked at it a bunch of different times where you could say, well, you know, Gudis' stick. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll watch it right now in real time for you uh, to break it down and analyze it. And, and listen, and Gudis might be a really good guy, all right? And in my dealings with him, he seems to be. But this clearly looks like a slash to the head to me. You can see it at ESPN.com. Uh, it's it's in the corner. The play is in the corner. And, again, all you guys can go back and you can see it for yourself. But there's a play in the corner. There's a scrum. Gudis gets into a Perot. Perot goes down to two knees. And it looks like Gudis' stick is tied up. And Perot is leaning on him. Perot goes down. And you just see Gudis with one hand chopped down on the back of his head. You know, it's just you can't have it. It's one thing when guys are colliding with each other and elbows get up or shoulders get up or a guy's a foot shorter than another guy and unfortunately the head is targeted when it's not supposed to be and you're going 30 miles per hour and you don't realize. But this is this is a, a shot to the head with his with his a one hand chopped to the back of his head. You know, I'm just watching it again, just trying to see if if, if Gudis has. Any, no, there's no excuse for it. There's just none. It's a two hand to the back of Perot's head. 
I mean, uh, so I, I we'll see what the NHL decides to do. But God, if it's a game or two, is it enough? I mean, Perot just comes back from injury, and he's got to deal with that. And just a really scary moment there in Winnipeg. So I'm glad you guys brought it up. But um, we'll see. Nothing. I'm, I'm recording. It's exactly 2:40 right now as I record this from Columbus, Ohio, and nothing yet from the league. But I'd be very interested to see. But I like to talk to former players about it. I'll bring it up with Dave maybe during the broadcast today of the Rangers. Sometimes players who were in that situation might read it a little differently than I would or the average fan would. But in my unbiased opinion, and, and listen, I, 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 I don't have any problem with the Philadelphia Flyers. They've always been very good to me when I'm doing game misconduct and talking to their players. It's not a, oh, this is a Ranger guy killing a flyer. Whatever. Think what you want. I mean, you look at that video, and if you have an excuse for Gudis, I'd love to hear it at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. So thanks for everybody for participating. I've got a roll. Enjoy your weekend. A lot of big hockey. We'll come back on Monday, and we'll recap everything we saw over the weekend. We'll see if anything happens to Gudis, and we'll kind of, have some fun at Don LaGreca, hashtag game is conduct. And as I mentioned, since we don't actually do the show again until Monday, if you want to just tweet at me, conversation, you can always do it, hashtag game is conduct, and I'll try to get back to you during the course of the weekend. If not, I will definitely read your tweets on the air. EJ Raddick, of course, will join us on Monday as he usually does. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.